All right. It's 8.48 in the morning. It's November the 15th, and this is going to be a reading um, from Stretch Aeon into Apocalypse. It's going to be Chapter 2, which is called Birth of the Titans. I want to step back from the story here for a minute and, 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 and admit some things. Um, I write about real people in this book, and I, I don't know that that's okay, so I want to just put it out right now that if you're a real person and I've written about you, and you don't want to be in the book, there are pathways to reach out to me. Um, it's, it's pretty easy to figure out how to get a hold of me. Get a hold of me, and I'll change the book, <clears throat> and I'll change the audio recording. What I also want to say about the, the inclusion of real people in the book is that everyone who's a real person makes out really well. And the people who are real, real, real persons in this book um, end up looking really good. They're, they end up looking really heroic. So there's, there's, I'm, I'm not taking an opportunity to get back at any enemies or anything like that. Um, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm instead expressing admiration. <clears throat> and, and I'm writing these, these people as literary characters who are profoundly heroic and, and who, who, who are setting out to do extreme good in the world. And the reason why I need to make this, this, this preface before I dive into the first chapter is because a very popular public figure is in chapter two. And he's also in chapter three. Um, and he plays a, a really heroic role delivering the titans into the world. And that, 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 that figure is, is the genius engineer, Elon Musk. Um, so, and, and, and you'll see when I start reading that, that Elon Musk features uh, in this chapter fr front and center And and he's he's front and center in the third chapter as well, and he makes out great. He's 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 really um, you know what what the way I present him, um, um, you know. Well, I mean, he just he 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 looks really good in the context of the book, and um, and there's 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 no reason to to to, to think. That um, um, the the story is is slandering him, or or presenting him in a bad light. It it, it presents him in a very positive light. <clears throat> so there's my um, you know now I, I I understand that for legal reasons this may be something that I need to shy shy away from, and I, I I may find that if 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 Stretch Aeon should go to a literary agent. The literary agent's going to say, change that name. R remove all trace of Elon Musk from your book. <clears throat> remove all trace of the other real persons from your book. And, and, and the thing, that, that's going to be hard for me because this, this book is, 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 is an adventure story, but it's also a love story, and it's a love story to, to people that I admire. Um, everyone else in this who appears in this book who is a real person is someone that I know personally or knew personally. But Elon Musk isn't, and um, he's someone who's been on my mind because his his brilliance. I, I'm I'm surprised that in in all of his brilliant pursuits, he's not tackling climate change. It it seems like someone of his genius should be stepping up to the plate and tackling climate change. And so that's 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 what I have him do with Stretch Aeon. 
in chapter two and chapter three. So that's that. So again, um, to any lawyers um, looking to, to, to reach out to me, um, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. Um, and um, just just let me know, you know? Let me know. You don't have to send a cease and desist. You can just give me a call. <laughs> and I'll um, change the name and I'll re-record the, 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 the podcast audio that uh, features Elon. <clears throat> and the same holds true for anyone else that, 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 that is a real person that I featured in this book. If you, if you don't want to be in this book, just reach out to me and I'll make the appropriate changes and we'll move forward from there. All right, let's get started. Chapter two, Birth of the Titans. George Michael's faith was playing as Elon Musk started up the rental Tesla Roadster. Both men had exited Stretch's riveting investor meeting at the Portland Marriott's banquet hall. Goldman's project lead, Michael Dringenberg, was overjoyed. Musk was surfing Stretch's excess adrenaline. I know this song all too well, Stretch remarked thoughtfully. I think everyone with a pulse has strong associations with this song, Musk said. Where am I telling the navigation system to take us? Stretch admitted the thought of relinquishing control of a large automobile on a Portland freeway, nerve-wracking. I can just direct you there, he offered. Musk insisted. The navigation's the model's selling point. I have to use it or I would be be guilty of infringing on my own copyright. Stretch gave the address. It's a house I'm renting. I thought we'd go for a walk and then grab lunch after at the Twilight Room. Talk and walk, Musk mused. I, I confess, I don't get to do that as much as I like. Glad the rain appears to have cleared. It's Portland in February, so we've got maybe a four-hour window before the rain comes back. It should just—it should resume just as we arrive at the Twilight Room. Groovy, said Musk, as, as the, the Tesla pulled into traffic on Southwest 6th. Did you script that investor presentation, or was it off the cuff? That presentation was all from the heart, Stretch admitted. I've seen investor presentations, and then there was that, Musk admitted. You were in a league onto your own this morning. The money's going to come pouring in. I'm honored you think so. There's never been a moment in history like this, Stretch, and Goldman is really honoring you with a vehicle that matches your ambition. You're going to win the world for sure if you keep delivering speeches like that and your TED Talk. The Tesla passed Stretch's old haunts as it drove. His Wells Fargo days flickered past his mind's eye as the electric roadster cruised up 6th, Southwest 6th Avenue in search of the, 40, the I-405. You liked that, did you? Do you mind if I pay you a genuine compliment? Those are typically the best kind. Your take on the world, on, on the human enterprise, is just totally fresh. You see things in ways I've never thought of before. I can't imagine how we'd be handling this phytoplankton right now if someone like you wasn't leading the way. More looting, to be sure, and probably a lot more suicides. I'm relieved by that, Stretch admitted. There was much that weighed heavily on his mind as the publisher took into Apocalypse to press. Mass suicides were one of them. There was a point in time where it seemed like we were going to get a lot more of those than we did. I felt really responsible. Stretch, you're like the kid in, in, in The Emperor Has No Clothes. You see everything in the world really nakedly for what it is and not for what we say it is. That's a real gift. The Tesla turned onto Burnside, passing Powell's city of books as Stretch thought re- regretfully of, of, of how backed up his reading list was. That's a kind thing to say, Elon. I'm genuinely excited to be a Titan man. I hadn't been waiting for... I, I really had been... Had, I've really been waiting for an engineering challenge like this. This isn't a car. This isn't Mars. This is what keeps us alive, and the solution is beyond innovative. 
Stretch said, I just, I just stretched my imagination to find the range of solutions necessary. Amen to that, Musk said as the, te- as the Tesla turned onto the 405 on-ramp. We're heading to North Portland, eh? It was my home for most of my marriage. You really loved him, didn't you? Sven was my everything, Stretch admitted. I invested all of myself trying to piece the riddle of why we fought together, ultimately unsuccessfully. All that logistical permutation and calculation and understanding our and calculation, understanding our motives and assessing where love happened and where co- conflict happened was practice for what I'm doing right now. All that human behavior modeling gave me unprecedented insight into human being. My marriage was absolute ang- anguish, agony, and hell, but it prepared me for this, so I'm grateful. The world needs to be grateful to Sven as well. Elon drummed the steering wheel. I've heard some stories about Sven. The fighting wasn't just verbal. No, Stretch drifted off. He used his fists on me, the dogs, the house. It sounded like it needed. It sounds like it needed when it it ended when it needed to. My heart is mending, little by little. I had a liaison not too long ago with a young man, Forbes magazine. I can't get him out of my head. Maybe fate will be kind and bring you both together, eh? He's in Baltimore, based out of D.C. Sounds like you can. You need to line up some congressional testimony. Evan Quartermain Stretch purred. That's a name. Musk chuckled. The Tesla exited at Lombard and headed into North Portland. How soon do you think you'll break ground at the new offices? I'm trying to look. I'm trying to work with pre-existing real estate so we can start work faster and cheaper. It was a figure of speech. Of course, Stretch said. We do need custom office spaces, but the timing is such that I need to hit the ground running. I'm developing the short list for my executive leadership team, and I really need to get them hired, relocated, and working stat. My youngest sister is an architect. She graduated from Cornell four years ago. I've asked her if she wants to design the the prestige compound for me when we get Bond 3, once we've got the Titans in production and are moving forward on our Arctic methanic intervention and have some bigger contests rolling. That's three, maybe five years off, an earned achievement rather than a self-congratulatory vanity. Musk asked, where do you think you'll you'll have the headquarters centered? Do you know Humboldt County, Northern California? I do, spectacularly beautiful country. It's my heaven on earth, Stretch admitted, and I'd like our final HQ to be based there. Interim HQ is Minneapolis. It's a worthy dream, Musk mused. The computer says we're nearly there. Yes, this is my hood. So we're talking Titans today, Musk said. That's why you called the meeting, sir. What do you want to talk about? Refrigeration? AI concerns? Musk looked over at Stretched and grinned. My favorite part of Into Apocalypse is how you write the Titans as alive. As a sci-fi guy, as a tech guy, as an AI guy, I just really dug your description of the Titans as living things. From an engineering challenge perspective, I thought we'd start there and work our way back to all all the other crucial details. You liked that I made them alive, Stretch asked. You argued that there was nothing artificial about their intelligence, that this was a new species of being, a silicon organism, and that it lacked the the ability to rep- it only lacked the ability to reproduce itself. You even gave them a diet. The deep sea pressure of Zone One Titans actually runs their power cells. It's brilliant, totally innovative. But you made them alive. My kids talk about them. Dad, they said, I want to meet one. I want to reach out and touch it and have it purr and groan. I want to I want to see it open and close its eye, just like into Apocalypse. I want to make my children happy, Mr. Aeon. Stretch sighed. I'm really flattered that you were moved by my vision. If we're going to give life to machines, what better cause than asking them to participate in saving our world? Makes them heroes for all time. Age, the Age of Titans, you called it. You know my material better than I do. The car pulled into the rental's driveway. 
I want you to dream big, dream impossible, let my engineers make it a reality. I'm hungering to do AI in a way that's never been dreamt, in a way that guarantees human life rather than threatens it under gross military applications. I want, to, I want to make something beautiful and something that's closer to alive than any man in history has ever made. And when parents bring their children to see our titans, I want them to be awed and mesmerized by the true fidelity we brought to making them living things. Okay, Stretch said and got out of the car. Musk followed. What this conversation needs is bong rips. It'll be just like I'm on Joe Rogan, Musk, Musk joked. Come on inside, Stretch said, jangling his keys. This is a section break. Just so we're clear as we're in the section break, um, we're looking at about 30 more pages of text for chapter two. And we've read uh, six or seven pages so far. So um, it's a lot of dialogue in chapter two, but, but the book is a lot of dialogue. Um, so just something to think about. Continuing on. Musk took a powerful rip off Stretch's two-foot bong. This is a monster, he coughed, painfully laughing. The real motive behind the Titans, Stretch admitted as Musk handed him the bong, is to create noble monsters dutifully set on restoring the world to breath and balance. Beautiful, Musk wheezed. Stretch hit his bong like a pro. Electricity sizzled at the periphery of his perceptions. He grounded himself through his feet, and his consciousness spilled into the room, pooling in eddies around furniture, potted plants, and the legs and ankles of Elon Musk. What's the strain? Musk asked. This is special. It's called Afgui, Stretch exhaled. He was saturated in hyperperception. He felt Musk's pulse through his ankles. He wondered if he should tell Elon about A2, awakening to awakening. I like it for deep conversation, Stretch said. Let me roll a couple of joints and then we'll walk to Kenton for coffee, and then we'll be back to the the twilight room for lunch. Stretch fetched his grinder and papers from the the gearbox while Musk admired the art in the house. I'd heard you were talented, he remarked, and I've seen what you post on Instagram, but you obviously have saved the best for up close and personal. This painting here, Musk said, it's so visceral, so deeply felt. You can see the sea life's facial expressions and know that they know that they're in peril. You feel their worry. It's tragic that they feel this way. You can't have as many coral bleaching events as we've had and not have fish and sea mammals freaking out that the ocean is crashing, Stretch said, quickly rolling and sealing the second joint. Disney's really lying to us in the the Nemo movies. There are a few Nemos and Dorys left in the world. When your children go to to dive in a few years to to find Nemo or Dory, they won't find nearly as many. In fact, they'll be nearly all gone. And that's because of us, because of the carbon poisoning, because of carbon poisoning the largest biome on the planet. Afgui is spectacular weed. Can I hit it again before we go, Musk asked? Stretch motioned for him to enjoy himself. I'm going to pour two tumblers of water for the walk, for the, for the, the cottonmouth, Stretch said. Thank you, Elon said. Do you mind if I record the conversation for my engineers? Not at all, Stretch said, pocketing the joints and a couple of mojo bars in his blazer for the walk. Come on, the sun's coming out. We should be clear of rain for about two hours. As they exited the house, Musk thanked him. Thank you, he said, and switched his iPhone's memos app to record. You live in a really pretty neighborhood. I don't, uh, you don't really, you don't see really big trees like this in most neighborhoods nowadays. Stretch handed him a tumbler of water and a mojo bar, and they walked to the first intersection. The air was moist and fresh. The streets were still wet. The grass and crowds of green growing things dewy with nourishing rain. He extended his perceptions into the fabric of being that enveloped them. With each breath, he made deeper contact with each surface, each substance, each point where rain's moisture had seeped in and refreshed the world with its nourishing, life-giving soak. 
Musk's body was relaxed, stoned, his heart rate was normal, his brain chemistry euphoric. Elon was grateful to be sharing the moment with Stretch, and Stretch wondered how to tell the man what true telepathy looked like. An exploration of the phys physicality of our physiological forms rather than the unlocking of the contents of our ephemeral minds. Stretch decided to wait for, the, for an opportunity to, de to demonstrate. Elon might be unnerved if, that Stretch was as intimately aware of his body's processes as he was. This is Elon Musk, Chief Engineer, Titan Project, in conversation with Stretch Aon, Director for the Institute for Endogenous Technology. We're recording from Portland, Oregon, and today we're talking Titans and fidelity to living things. Director Aon, what is your vision for the Titans as near, as near living entities? NLEs, Stretch said. I like that. But if we're going to go for as close to the thing as possible, let's call them nearly li living organisms, NLOs. That's our classification, Musk asked. I like it. NLOs. I don't have a simple answer for your question, Stretch said, enjoying the flood of all the joyful signals that the crowd of living things exchanged with one another at the advent of the replenishing rain. Life is about so much more than just appearances. When we recognize a thing as living as opposed to mechanical, that recognition tr triggers a deeper reading. For example, when I envision a titan at rest, peaceful, happy, enjoying cooling of the, th the thermoclines, I hear a deep resonant purr or a snore that's rhythmic but organic that, and that grows from deep within the titan and crawls out of its body and into the oceans and is so powerfully baritone and rich that it buzzes its, its flippers. It's a purr that we feel deep within us where the spirit meets the bone. That's when you register something is truly alive. They have fins. Like a whale's, yes, and eyes. I think real functioning limbs that have utility and add to the, the personality of the titan is crucial. Are these fins huge like a humpback's or little like a Tyrannosaurus's arms? Ultimately, that has to be a design consideration, Stretch says. But I like the idea of a humpback's for scale, to be sure. That may be more fin than the machine needs. Your team may need to scale it back. I think it's best to let, it, let function determine form in this instance. The street dragged at a diagonal after the first block. So the fin is more for personality. The humpback's fin is for stabilization. We want the titan's fins to accomplish the same purpose. What about the eye? Does it see? Musk asked. This isn't, this isn't a Disney ride, Stretch replied. If it has eyes, they're for detective purposes, not, not decorations. Now, are they like human eyes or whale eyes, or are they like a shark's eyes, or are they like a fly's eyes? That's a design consideration that sees form dictated by function again. Right, because what are they going to see, Musk asks. Maybe they see, see like a fly sees in layers. The first layer is a measurement of phytodensity in, in the surrounding water. It's going to be a good day when the phytodensity is at is it, is it a really high percentage, Musk replied. And that's a measurement that, that, that Titan would relate to global triage and the hub, which would in turn relate to endogenous tech, Titan Command, and all the marine bio programs we're partnering with, Musk confirmed. Right. And then the, the next layer it would, it would see would be near object detection. Maybe it's optics and radar, you know, maybe it's, this is optics and radar in a high density visual map. And this is where it's on the lookout for ocean trash, absent minded whales and playful, dolphin need, playful dolphins needing toys. Will we give them toys, Musk asked? It's a nice idea, but dolphins aren't known for returning what they've borrowed, and we don't want to be responsible for adding even more trash to the ocean. They'll get on fine without. 
Then the third level might be more of a distance scan. Where are there shipping vessels that are heading my way? The Zone 1 ocean floor titan would require completely different optics, Musk, Musk said, and then he pivoted. What about the drones? One of the things I loved about the book is that you give each, each titan a little squadron of chattering drones. The titans are going to be huge and slow, and they're going to, be, they're going to benefit from being offered an extended reach. A cloud of drones accomplishes that. What did the drones do? Pick debris off the surface of the Titan, Musk replied. Grooming is a huge component of interdependent species. We especially don't want barnacles colonizing exhaust and vent ports and clogging their utilities. We we also do a lot, they, they also do a lot of chemical analysis and phytoplankton scans. Though the Titan's ears and eyes and they're swimming twenty, thirty, a hundred feet in the surrounding waters and measuring the consequences of its actions. And if they're reporting back to us and, and back to the marine, and, and they're reporting those things back to us and back to the marine bio programs, Musk confirmed. Let's let's let those marine bio programs really feel the love, the benefit of the, the, the Titan platform. Stretch said, "Now, now these little guys have animated personalities, and the Titan loves them, and and, and mothers the colony, but it also gets after them." There's, there's a family comedy to their chemistry, whether, the, whether people are watching them or not. They delight in having fun with each other. What about genders? Musk asked. The titans are uniformly female, Stretch replied. Like whales, we might call a singular titan a cow. The colony of drones is mostly... Uh, the colony of drones is mostly male with some females present. I think think comical crustaceans like Sebastian and the Little Mermaid. I really like this, Musk said, tearing into the mojo bar. I can see how the colony is alive. There needs to be a curiosity to everything they do. They need to move fluidly with, with a bumbling kind of cadence, verbally reacted to, reactive to the unexpected. I can see it, Musk said. You can? Yes, I can see the swarm's behaviors better than the titans. You said there's coffee? Yeah, when we're, we're about 30 minutes away. Damn, coffee will be nice. Let's bring the Titans to life, Stretch said. He handed Musk a joint and a lighter. Now already, he said, and then he, and then he said, when in Portland, and then he hit the joint and passed it to Stretch. Stretch took a long, thoughtful drag off the joint and then passed it back to Musk. This is still af- what? Afgooey. Yes, I forget the blend. Let's bring the Titans to life. Let's talk about Titan repairs. When a Titan gets injured and signals to its global triage team that it needs repairs. What does that process look like? How does the, the Titan evidence itself as a nearly living thing in seeking human help for repair? It has, it has to surface to signal the GT teams, for starters, Musk said. I have to imagine there's an awful lot of worried groaning. It starts with an experience of pain and a yearning for soothing, both of which are rooted in an experience of touch. You want the, the Titans to experience touch like we do? I think living intelligence is impossible without a principal foundation of continuous touch. Touch is cr crucial to stimulating belonging, experiencing pain, and understanding connection and yearning for completion, as well as socialization. It would solidify its relationship with its drone colony, especially anchored in the drone's grooming events. And when it calls for help, the first thing it would want when human beings arrive is, is human contact, human touch. It would want to be petted, calmed, and soothed. Musk said, yes, so its vocalizations would change once soothing contact would arrive. It would move from panic to reassurance. In the book, you say you have the Titans say, I love you over and over, and thank you also to the repair teams. 
I still think it's a good idea, Stretch said. I think it's profound. I th we're discussing cosmetic features of an organism. How does AI animate it as a living thing? Well, the grains of individual Titan AIs will have to be unique and social. There's a curiosity at the heart of everything. Investigation is its core. Then there's its compulsion to dive deep and cool the surrounding waters. That's an instinctual drive, something it does, not something it thinks about. And then there's the fact that it has this thinking cloud of crustacean drones that is both an extension of its body and, and an extension of its knowing cloud, and then also a se separate organisms that it's having delightful, highly cooperative social relationships with. And then there's touch, and it's enveloped in water, and it's continuously bathed in touch. Do the Titans have fun? Musk asked, finishing the joint. Is fun a defining concept that we should be organizing their thinking under? I think they experience joy, so yes, fun needs to be part of the Matrix, Stretch says. There's going to be, they're, they're going to be isolated and alone and far from one another in terms of contact. It's a big ocean. It's the biggest biome on the planet by far, Musk asserted. We don't have, we don't want them bored because boredom in living things leads to existential crises like loneliness and depression, and we don't want them feeling any of those things. We want them, we want, we give them drone clouds to keep them company and have fun, share joy, and share in the discovery. They were nearing the downtown strip of the Kenton neighborhood. Stretch was enjoying the walk. Musk was lost in thought, mulling over the personality of their shared creation. Finally, he said, this is a decidedly non-human intelligence. We have the freedom to create an AI that maps the creature to maps to the creature and maps to its biome and maps to its mission. That's right, Stretch said. These aren't whales with human voices and brains. That's Disney thinking. These are queer creatures, sea giants, with personalities that defy human categories and needs and yearnings that are particular to their species, which which we're also inventing. And this is important. I think they sing. They sing like Shakira? Like their equivalent of whale song to each other to share the news and stitch the story of themselves together in the broader cultural context of being. Do the Zone 2s breach in play like, the, like a leaping humpback? Can they withstand the pressures of a breaching event? In my heart I say yes, that's behavior that fits. That's a, that's a yearning that's something that a, a titan would want to complete, Stretch said. They want to soar, Musk purred. Isn't that a nearly universal yearning, Stretch replied. In a way we're soaring in this discussion right now. The Safgui has obliterated me, Musk said. Good, Stretch said as they crossed the, the busy street and, and approached the Posey, Posey's coffee shop. This is Posey's. They'll straighten you out. The espresso grinder sounded like a jet turbine as the men entered the coffee shop. They had to shout, to shout above it to be heard waiting in the long line. This is a quaint neighborhood. It's quiet, safe. Seems like it's got a lot of good people in it, Musk commented after the grinder silenced. There's a reason I came back here when the book advance came through, Stretch said, approaching the register. Two large black coffees, please. That'll be $7, the clerk said, ringing up the transaction on the square reader. Then handing them their coffees, she said, thank you. Thank you, Stretch replied. How do you take your coffee? He asked Musk. Black is fine, Musk said, tasting his. Ooh, it's really hot. They stepped outside. It's getting overcast, Stretch replied. Do you think we should hail an Uber? Musk asked. Those clouds look awfully preg pregnant, and lunch is a mile and a half away. Musk pulled out his phone. Say the word. Stretch checked the, his phone. The, the weather prediction in, indicated rain was still 45 minutes off. They had time for a walk. Let's keep walking, he said, and the men set out to retrace their steps. 
Stretch pulled out his mojo bar and began to eat it. Musk started talking. I hope you don't mind that we're starting with AI, the, the AI dimensions of this project first. My developers and engineers were in agreement that this is where they wanted guidance from you. And I don't know jack about refrigeration and marine engineering, Stretch admitted. No, but you will by the time the project is launched. We'll be history's great innovators of marine engineering, refrigeration, battery tech, and animal AI. Thank you for agreeing to take this on, Stretch said. I was flattered you asked. When you apologized for the things that you said in your website and your book, I was surprised because I'd never heard of you. I was jealous that you were getting fame and money and, and you're living in defeat and poverty while, while global peril grows. Meanwhile, I'm selling flamethrowers to, to, Reagan, to Rogan Bros. I think I can understand, Musk said. I just have strong ideas about what, what genius does. You believe that genius catalyzes man changes man's states of culture and consciousness, and you don't think I've accomplished that in my work. I think you sell people fantasies that they want to see, fantasies that go back to the 1950s and to the, to the reality that I think your your intellect is, has, has yet to find a project that, that is its equal. Consumer projects and space exploration aren't human beings' new frontiers of human genius. True genius always steps outside of norms, outside of the conventional, outside of the expected, and delivers the impossible. Isn't that what we're accomplishing with the Titan Initiative, Musk smiled? It most certainly is. I think we're two different expressions of genius, Musk opined. I don't think civilization has a word for what you are and how you fit into the world. Are you a genius? Yes, absolutely. Your brilliance is historic and staggering. But you're also a hero and powerfully and, and, profoundly, and, and a profoundly insightful troubleshooter. It's as though history is a wall between the human species and its future, and the species... And if, if the species doesn't change shape to fit the lock, nobody's going to get through and we're all going to die. You're the leading edge of that wave that's going to teach us all how to assume the shape of the key so that we can get through the lock, pass beyond the wall, and into thriving on the other side. I'm the genius taking us to Mars if it doesn't work out. That's an incredible thing to say to a person, Elon, Stretch said. Elon sipped his coffee. Yeah, there's got to be a name for that, for what you are, and not Keymaster. Rick Moranis took that in Ghostbusters. Stretch laughed. There have been times I've looked into looked at history and asked where I fit. We've never had times like these, Musk replied. We've never had the occasion for a genius keymaster like you to rise. It must have been scary and lonely sh sh shouldering all this burden for so long. Until we connect to the truth of, of the reality of, of oxygen and phytoplankton in, in an officiated capacity and its, and its consequence becomes real, there's no emergency and there's no action. I've been waiting to take action. I want to roll up my sleeves and get my arms dirty, truly making it better. Have I been crushed, especially the last three years? Have, and have I gone crazy clawing at the walls, knowing what's coming without being a, without, and being without a platform to warn the public? God, yes, no doubt about it. At the same time, I've had this belief. What's the belief? That nature, that mm. God, that, that nature that God doesn't let something like me happen purposely, accidentally, and amounting to nothing. If I'm having thoughts like the ones that I'm having, if I'm seeing the problems that I'm seeing, if I arrived at the solutions that I've arrived at, they must be taking root in some future attractor, and that attractor is pulling me forward in time to greet it, to be embraced by destiny. If I'd known writing the bestseller was the key to, that unlocked the walls of my prison three years earlier, I might have done that then. But I had a lot of growing to do in those last three years. Stretch Aeon in 2018 wasn't truly up for running the Institute for Endogenous Technology, nor for rolling out the Titan Initiative. Stretch of 2021 is. And that has everything to do with living that's, with, with, 
with the living that seasoned me under duress and extreme hardship? Do I wish I hadn't gone through what I went through? That I wrote the book first? We could have had three years more to deal with phytoplankton, Musk challenged him. Now that's a true statement. So that's, so there I'm saying yes, I do wish I'd written the book in 2017. In every other way, as awful as it is to admit it, I'm ready to run this company in a way that I never was because I've, I've been cured by adversity, I've been tested by hardship, and because I per persevered and sustained myself. Was that a choice or something that chose you? Musk sagely asked. Stretch arched his back and inhaled deeply. The scent of rain was on the horizon. He swelled his consciousness into the surroundings. The air was rich, pregnant, static. The rain would come sooner than 45 minutes. The caffeine was helping Elon's neurochemistry fight off the sedating effects of the Af Afgui. It wasn't a choice, Stretch said. We're done vastly more than we do. That's one of the tenets of my overriding philosophy, organizing philosophy, Bloom Theory. We're done vastly more than we do. What that means is that there are processes doing us that are bigger than we are, and those processes animate and sustain us every bit as much as we do ourselves. More, in fact. We've been talking about an hour and a half. That means the plants traveled more than 100,000 miles through space in the time that we've been talking. Just doing what we're doing, we've moved faster than any machine made by man. The red blood cell travels nearly as many miles as, as the diameter of the Earth in just a single day which makes it faster than anything we've built that travels at the same planes of terrestrial being. And then there are the mimetic archetypal umbrellas that house us in celestial in this, this celestial abode. And it's here that you get into the business of missions, of callings, and of purpose. My mission animated me, kept me focused, kept me driven, and sustained me when the, the worst things that befell me happened me that, that, that would have driven a less determined person into the ground. I didn't have a choice. That larger intelligence, this mission, this mission, sustained me in its drive and carried me forward every day, even when I was certain that, that what I wanted was to quit, surrender, even die. It wouldn't let me. Stretch sipped his coffee, showing Musk the scars on his wrist from the, from the suicide attempt. There were a few faint, faint raindrops on the coffee cup's lid. I can't say that I've ever experienced anything quite like that, Musk admitted. I think that's part of what makes you special, part of your key master quality. The human species is one whole macroorganism, and macroorganisms intuit what's coming down the pipe in time and try to prune the genetic material so that the, a ready solution is waiting potently when the time comes to meet the challenge, rise to the occasion, and carry the species as a whole onto the next epoch, Stretch replied. Is that how it really works? Or isn't, isn't it what Darwin says, that it's random chance, Musk replied. Bloom Theory says nothing is random and holds that the narrative is one of the universe's great grooming agencies that keep the plots mutuated and interwoven, Stretch said. But why? All is embrace, embraces all. Everything exists in mutuation. Existence is defined by currents of relationship, and everything that lives is sustained in food, breath, and song, the foundation of the spore program. Food, breath, and song. We've only outlined one of those for the Titans, Musk said. True statement. How do they breathe? What do they eat? Musk asked. If we want them to live, don't we want to answer those questions? Doesn't answering those questions profoundly change, profoundly condition the AI also? You're right. I confess I'm stumped on both, Stretch said. I'm hungry, Musk replied. We could hail that Uber and restore ourselves at the Twilight Room. That's what I was thinking. There's one three minutes away, Musk replied. Section break. 
I'm turning the recording off, Musk explained as they entered the dive bar. Cool place. Thanks. It was my hangout when I was married. It's lovely to be back, Stretch said as they took, took up a booth at the back of the bar. It was crowded for a midday jam. Stretch's ex extended consciousness was flooded with happy local bodies, neighbors he knew both on sight and, and, and at the contact of mind. When did you return to Portland? Elon asked. I've been here since October, Stretch replied. The advance liberated me from Minnesota and I came straight home. Have, have you seen your ex-husband? No, he's in Bend, Oregon. We're not on speaking terms. I'm sorry. That's for the best, I'm sure. The waitress stepped up to the table. She wore a CBGB tee, badly torn jeans, and bake-like glasses with ears crowded with jewelry, hair piled high above her glasses. She was pretty and overworked, and she was all business as she greeted them and walked them through the specials. Musk ordered an IPA, stretch a rum and coke. They ordered sandwiches. The waitress stopped at the end of the order, recognition breaking from her habits flow. Look, I'm sorry to ask this, but I know I recognize you, you she said to Musk. But you're on TV right now, she said to Stretch and pointed at the television at the north end of the bar. Elon Musk, Stretch Aeon? Both men nodded. Cool, she said, smiling. Welcome to the Twilight Room. She was back with their drinks in a jiffy, and when she returned, Stretch decided to surprise Musk. Two months, he asked her? A boy, he said? She was taken aback. She didn't think she was showing. If Stretch was being truthful, she wasn't. He felt new life within her as an ultrasound might. Her baby was swimming separately in the container of her... She wanted to know how he knew. He shrugged and winked and said, endogenous technology, and then, congratulations, he's healthy. And she thanked him and departed. How did you know, Moskin asked, enthused. Remind me to tell you about Awakening to Awakening. It's an endogenous technology I pioneered. The Buddha got it wrong. The science of applied breath carries us beyond the body, into a cloud of awakened knowing that carries us more deeply into the world around us. What, what you can learn about people, just from the expanded cloud of your conscious knowing, Stretch trailed off. What do you know about me, Stretch mused. There's what your mind knows about yourself, and there's what your body knows of, of, of itself. I plug into that deeper level of knowing about everyone. The endocrine, the chemical, the... So you're saying you can tell me what my hormone levels are right now? And blood pressure and other chemical indicators. I also intercept nervous responses, so I know your aches and pains and your, your acclimation to the climate. Do you switch it on or off, or does it always stay on? Are you always profoundly connected to others on on, on the living an, animal level? I have to switch it on. It requires some effort to sustain. It provides a wealth of information. But people aren't, aren't honest with themselves about themselves, so it's not always useful in promoting social unity. It can create a lot of friction, in fact, especially when, when, when denial makes inroads into advancing the cause of social unity over a more truthful and telling, and telling foundation. It seems like you're having new life experiences that, that you must be alone in bearing witness to. There's no, there's, there's no one who's having your experiences anywhere in the world. It must be very lonely, Musk said. Honestly, Stretch said, picking up the conversation from before the, the, the pregnancy demonstration, I'm having a new experience with Portland. Most of my old friends don't want anything to do with me, so I have all this room in my life to have new experiences. You're dating? Not really, but I had that, I had that young man interview me and we fell for each other a month ago, but my heart's been beating, has been holding out for him since. Have you heard from him? Musk asked. We post stuff to each other on for each other to see on Instagram. Every now and then we text. I think there's someone else. Musk laughed. I'm having a fun day with you, Stretch Aeon. Portland's not forever for you. It's too crowded and too expensive to start the company that I want to here. That's why he picked Minneapolis. It's affordable and there's room to grow. And Mom. I definitely picked Minneapolis for Mom. 
Minneapolis is a different animal than Portland. It's more akin to Detroit if any American city can truly be compared to any other, Musk said. Are you asking if I'm going to be happy there? I'd worry you were going to be bored. We don't want you to be depressed and, uh, a depressed and lonely titan, Musk smiled. Stretch shook his head and sighed. If this was 2008, I'd launch the company here. The company would have blown up in 2008. Obama would have loved it, Musk extolled. I think that's true. Unfortunately, I was 12 years younger, and I needed to do 12 years of living before I could come up with bloom theory, macroorganism theory, endogenous technology, the works. Now Portland's too crowded and too expensive to sustain the company that the size of mine would have to be. My payroll expense would be enormous just to satisfy the cost of living here. So why come home? Why didn't you go straight to Minneapolis when you got your advance? I was homesick, and my heart needed healing, Stretch admitted. I wanted to go home, come home and, and reconnect with that before jumping into what's next with both feet. I'm like the Green Lantern needing to power up his ring up before he goes into battle. I know where all of Portland's power places are, all the surrounding area's power places. I have no idea where those places are in Minneapolis, and I need that power right now. So I, so I came home to power up, recharge, and refocus before I go out into the unknown again and try and tackle the impossible. The waitress brought them their food, a Reuben and fries for musk and a crunchy chicken wrap with tater tots for stretch. They ate with gusto and appreciation. Everyone at the bar was watching them. Doing the impossible is a big theme for you, Musk said, mouthful of Reuben. Stretch nodded. We're in an apocalypse. Actually, we're in a mega-apocalypse. Several apocalyptic archetypes are converging on us and building their crescendo, building to their crescendos simultaneously. From the pandemic to the phyto crashes to the methane leaks to the inevitable economic rupture of the next market bust that's going to take us take down global currency. That's going to be so bad. I keep I keep trying to tell people about that, warn that, and they just look at you blankly. Musk said, "People take the value of money for granted." They take the, the persistence and the pr prevalence of oxygen for granted. This is where the, these apocalypses really nail you. When nature switches out of homeostatic play or out of bloat play, which is where we, what we've just been in, and she moves into apocalypse play, her relationship to probable outcomes changes radically. What this means is she narrows out probabilities for what we're accustomed to calling po the possible, and she narrows in probabilities for what we're accustomed to thinking of as the impossible. So in apocalypses, the, the probable isn't as much so, and the possible is more possible than ever, Musk simplified. That seems to be what we're observing, yes, Stretch said, taking another bite. Look at the impossible weather phenomenon of, of kinds we, we rarely saw before, of rivers of rain, Arctic blasts and polar vortexes, the fact that globally summer is now a season of monstrous fires, or the, the 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 impossible presidency of Donald Trump, a man who who we've got on audio, we've got audio proof talking about women in ways that are derogatory and pornographic, and a president that, let's be honest, was obviously a mob boss going into the going into office. I've never thought about him that way. How so? Stretch took a sip of rum and coke. New Jersey casino, real estate tycoon. That doesn't happen without the success with 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 the success that he's had. If you're not deeply involved with the mob. We elected a mafia Don as president. He says for people to call him the Donald, right? And Kushner is his Jewish consigliere son-in-law, just like James Kahn was in The Godfather. Life is stranger than fiction. His name is Trump, for God's sake, Stretch laughed. It's a magic name. It's a name imparted with destiny. He lives like he's holding all the Trump cards, and his life, our world, organizes itself for him in a way that impossibly delivers outcomes such that he does. 
he's a bona fide criminal and, and, and impossibly we can't nail him on high crimes and misdemeanors in an impeachment proceeding because what? Because he learned to do the impossible in an, in an apocalypse. I've never thought of him that way. That's scary, Musk said. You've learned to nail the impossible. You've learned to nail the impossible too. Think about what went down when you were sleeping on the factory floor getting the Model, Model 3 production up to snuff or the engineering challenges of the tunnel project. That's why I wanted you as tight and lean, Stretch admitted. You, you have a track record for delivering the impossible in, in apocalypses. Musk finished his sandwich and motioned to the, to the waitress for another beer. I guess I don't think... I don't think of myself that way, but I'm really flattered that you do. You think the impossible is a necessary evolutionary advantage in the years ahead? I have this tattoo over my heart, Stretch replied, dropping his shirt to reveal the ram's head sigil over his left breast. It means evolve or die, which is the ultimate creative imperative of nature. Nature wants to see us win that paradigm. She wants to see us evolve, especially in apocalypses. So she increases the likelihoods that the impossible can be fulfilled to guarantee that those of us who will try to go on to propagate their genes, to guarantee that those who will try, who try, will go on to propagate their genes and better the world. Nature, you have to understand, loves apocalypses. She does? I guess I wouldn't expect that. They prune the vine, Stretch said over an empty basket. The server brought, more, brought by more drinks and gathered their baskets. Genetically, apocalypses purify nature as an organism. She loses the fat, the weak, and also a lot of good. And she learns from it and invests all that learning in the remaining strains and watches as they grow strong and define the aftermath. But we've set an apocalypse in motion that could upend all of that, Musk said. The phytoplankton deaths will starve the planet of oxygen, which will kill most every large animal in the world. Then there's methane. Once enough of that's in the upper atmosphere, the planet will be too warm for plants, insects, and small small animals. Right. That's why we have to act and have faith that nature is supplying us with the curves of enhanced probability to deliver a wind to us that would truly be otherwise out of reach right now. Nature is invested in our wind. Musk raised his bottle in a toast. To the titans and to your pink hats, he said. The pink hats were Stretch's arctic methane solution. I'm going to be doing the impossible on Team Stretch, Musk said. A few young college guys approached the table, tall, athletic, phones out, and smiling. Um, hi, can we interrupt you, the tallest one asked first? Sure, Musk said, recognizing fans. You're Elon Musk, the tall one continued, and you're Stretch Aeon, aren't you? You caught us, Stretch said playfully. One of the shorter ones said next. We were just watching you guys on the news, and we wanted to say thank you, you know, just, just thank you for all you're doing for us, and... The blonde one in the University of Portland, Jersey, blurted out, Can I have a job? And everyone laughed. The offices aren't going to be in Portland, Stretch admitted. What are you taking? The, the, all three answered simultaneously. Business. Str Musk answered for Stretch. Have you guys heard of global triage and the, the project economy? They nodded enthusiastically. Those should be in full swing by the time you graduate. Can we get a picture, the tall one asked. The waitress took his, his phone, and the guy sat in the booth with Stretch and Musk and had their moment for their friends to see. Stretch enjoyed the attention and enjoyed knowing that the, that, that the message was connecting and people were calming. Before the boys left, the, 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 the kid in the University of Portland shirt had a message for Stretch. You scared the world, man, but you promised us the win. Promise me you'll deliver. I need to know right now that I have a future because I don't know what I'll do, what all this is for if I don't. Stretch marked the occasion somberly. You have a future, he said, because we will win. Mr. Musk and I have spent the day discussing Titans on your behalf. He stretched smiled. The kid smiled back. The boys returned to their booth.
The world believes in Stretch Aeon, Musk admitted admiringly. I think the overwhelming majority of people who know about phytoplankton have faith in you and your mission. The opening bars of Bohemian Rhapsody began to play over the, the bar's sound system. Stretch smiled. I'm humbled. People, people's response to this has been better than I expected. My publisher worried it would be a total pandemonium. And that's what the marine bio guys at Humboldt State told me when I was talking to them about finding a way to break the news. Don't start a global panic, they said. But what if what we really need right now to move a species forward is a global panic, I argued. I, we, got, we got that, and now we're getting something new from people. Because you're Stretch Aeon. You've got the name, the brain, the reputation, and the big brass balls. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say, Elon Musk replied. Stretch laughed. Now we're on Rogan. Why haven't you been on Rogan yet? No invite. God knows I've knocked on that, that guy's door enough times the last three years. He probably doesn't know. A lot of people, a lot of quacks want to be on his show. Stretch sipped his rum and coke. He's a cultural curator. It's quite a blessing to be on his show and be welcomed by his audience. Rogan's program is a reactor for ideas and personalities, Musk admitted. I'd like to see him invite you. I could put you in, put the good word for you in for you next time I'm on, he, he offered. He'd be pleased to see you smoke more weed than Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Stretch laughed. There was a period a few years ago that the community and the, the program were really sustaining me. When my life was unraveling at the same time that the company was launching, I could turn to, to Joe Rogan and get this dose of belonging, this dose of intellectual curiosity, this dose of, ethic, of an ethical reality that was sensible. And the whole thing gave me hope and sustained me at a time when, when hope and sustaining love were in short supply in my life. Here I'm living in a travel trailer outside of Palm Springs trying to launch my company where I wrote my first book, You Make Me Want to Make Mistakes. Self-published? <laughs> Yeah, it sold 15 copies in three years. What does the title mean? It comes from a lyric from, to a Tobey Stierke song called Mistakes. The times not only call for us to do the impossible, they call for us to get really comfortable with making mistakes while we try to make the impossible. I kind of argue that where George, George Lucas has his character saying, may the force be with you in, in stories, in his stories, in my ideal world, when I greet you and, and, and I really love you, the thing I'd say to you nobly in my greeting to let you know how committed I am to securing your future is, you make me want to make mistakes. Musk looked up from his phone. You've now sold 16 copies, he replied. Actually, sales went through the roof, relatively speaking, once into Apocalypse came out. What is Bloom Theory? Musk asked bluntly. You bring it up all the time, and everybody agrees that the, the, the bits that you 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 the, the, that the bits that you you bring up make solid sense. But where is it? Where can I read about it? Why wasn't it in into in Apocalypse? If it's essential to your work, why is why isn't it also published? Unless it's being published. My publisher and, I, publisher and I are working at working that out right now. We have three nonfiction books in the hopper, and I'm trying to write that I'm trying to write as fast as possible. The first is the spore cookbook because that that one's real important to spores. I've got friends here in Portland that I've reached out to for help with that. The diet's actually their model, and I want to honor that in asking them to co-author the book. The second is the, another spore resource called Endogenous Technologies One. It's all about our, how our species is a metamorphic catalytic chemical system and gives guidance for how we can change our perspectives and movements to switch, switch on that chemical system's metamorphosis, evolve us, and deliver us to state change. That's the key master business that you were talking about. Then there's, the Bloom, then there's Bloom Theory, which is a ninth grade textbook and an alternative to high school biology. The, the first two books I've got tons written on. Bloom Theory, 
is something I'm living, and I confess I haven't written anywhere near enough of it down, especially to have it be as, as central as it is to my work. If someone were to kill you, Musk said, that precious body of insight would be lost forever. <laughs> I'm one guy with more ideas than one guy can hold in his body. The hope is that once the Institute is set up, I can get a writing partner for Bloom Theory to help etch it out. Why not do a PowerPoint deck just to get it out in the world? Write the textbook later. Stretch emptied his drink. Not a bad idea. I have to go in a few minutes. This has been a remarkable day, Stretch on. I feel better about the world than I did when I arrived. Glad to hear it, Stretch said. The two men stood, shook hands, and embraced. The next time we have to have a talk like this, I want the full scoop on Bloom Theory, Musket admitted. And I wager you'll tell me how it connects to this Awakening to Awakening business. Maybe I can have a PowerPoint deck ready by then, Stretch joked, and both laughed. As they ex exited the bar, Stretch rem remarked privately on how far his fate had carried him, and he thought with gratitude of the sustaining force of his mission, and how much it had transformed him. It wasn't the, he wasn't the excitable, skinny kid annoying everyone with too much energy and too many ideas they couldn't follow anymore. He was grounded, he was bold, he was daring, and he was the calm at the center of the storm. I am the eye and the storm, Stretch said as they crossed Lombard and walked down Haven. What's that? I didn't catch it, Musk replied. Something from Bloom Theory. In fact, Stretch admitted, it's a great place to start a PowerPoint presentation. They embraced again in the driveway. My flight's in an hour and a half, Musk said. This conversation has been one for the ages. I'll have my people in, in touch. Be in touch. When do you think you'll have a prototype, Stretch asked. Wartime effort, do the impossible, Musk echoed. In usual R&D terms, this is a five, seven-year development lead. For you, I'll try and make magic happen in three. Let me surprise you. I'm inspired. Stretch was relieved by Musk's pro proclamation, and it felt good to have made a new friend. As Musk pulled away in the Tesla Roadster, stretched lit the last Afgui joint, and began to think through the Bloom Theory PowerPoint for Elon Musk, which he felt inspired to start today. Your body is an instrument that marks the world, he saw the first opening volley of words. I am the eye in the storm. All is embrace, embraces all. You are an emblem of geology. Stretch smiled, enjoying the joint in the full belly. Things were looking up. Neither man had any idea how, how up things were truly looking. Musk's R&D was truly inspired, and he was ready with the prototype well before the three years he promised Stretch. In fact, it would be the following September that both men would find themselves together in the deep Pacific, delivering the first titans into the world, and courting the deadly ire of the Roy de Denier. <laughs>